For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everybody. This is Bill Williamson. This is Believe in Raiders, and this is the Believe in Podcast Network. And we have a special show today. We have a legend in the sports writing world, NFL writing world, John Clayton, a longtime friend. John, how's it going? Good, Bill. How are you? Good, good. Thanks. What's that? Good to be with you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. John, I mean, this is a big offseason for the Raiders. And, you know, once again, like last year, the talk is surrounding the quarterback. And a lot of people are wondering if there's going to be a quarterback change, you know, the, the Tom Brady rumors. But beyond that, just Derek Carr's future. I think that's the bigger issue than Tom Brady. And Derek Carr yesterday was at the ground, um, the announcement yesterday in Las Vegas that the, the team is now the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, and he talked to ESPN, and he, and he said, you know, he's kind of defiant. Again, he's been defiant in this situation. He said, I'm going to be here. I'm, gonna, I'm the guy who's taking the first snap here. What's your thoughts on it? Can you see a situation from a national perspective that Derek Carr is not the Raiders' starting quarterback this year? Yeah, I could see a couple scenarios that could cause that. And again, obviously, it's up to John Gruden and to see you know, if he has the confidence that uh, Derek Carr is the quarterback to get them to the next level. I mean, certainly, you know, he did it back with Jack Del Rio several years ago and having you know a playoff-type season. Unfortunately, he didn't make it to the playoffs because of injury. But, uh, you know, you look at the record right now, it's below 500, and you have to kind of wonder, okay, this is year three for John Gruden, and this is a time where there's more quarterbacks available than I think there ever has been. And so I think the one thing that uh, John will probably explore the thought of and again you know Derek may be 100% right in the standpoint that he could stay there as the Oakland Raider quarterback but I think that uh, you could see John Gruden being tempted possibly by Tom Brady that could be one that could be of interest to him and I think another one that's starting to emerge is maybe Jameis Winston you know because Jameis Winston you know certainly the interceptions drive you crazy but he's through for over 5,000 yards but you know kind of like Carr he doesn't have the winning record so I think that the options are going to be you know explored whether John Gruden executes them or not we'll see Right, and I, I think the situation with Derek Carr, and Mike Mayock said this last year, without, I think he made this grand statement without really realizing it, that Derek Carr is going to be a quarterback until he isn't. And I think that's going to be the case. I think, you know, it, it stinks for Derek Carr, but if he makes it through this year and he doesn't have a great year, he's going to have to hear it again next year. I mean, John Gruden is going to do what he thinks best for his team. And, and you know, if Derek Carr doesn't like it, Derek Carr doesn't like it. Oh, yeah, no question about it. And, of course, you know, that's the thing that you kind of wonder about because you know, the personalities are so different. You know, and, of course, that's where the communication comes in. I mean, you know, John's to the point, abrupt and all that stuff. And, you know, Derek's a very religious person and all that. And so you kind of wonder, how do they communicate? And one thing that Derek, I think, has to do is he's got to toughen up a little bit as far as not just, you know, how he uh, plays and all that stuff. But, again, you know, be ready for some bad language if things don't go well. And not that that's a big deal, but I think it's part of the equation too and you know they've now been together two years 
they were still trying to, I think, you know, figure out ultimately how far Derek can take this team. But obviously the team has to get more talent, uh, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, to start being considered a winning mm-hmm. team. But this is a critical year to make a determination. Is, it, is this the right quarterback or not? Right. And, and I think, you know, one of the uh, one of the beat writers, uh, Vinny Bonsignor from the uh, Las Vegas paper, was writing, was tweeting yesterday that he goes, my sense is that they're going to try to build around Derek Carr and give him a better uh, supporting cast. Well, they did. They, that was their goal last year. And that and, and that was exactly the plan was we're going to make a better around this guy. And if he doesn't answer the bell, we're going to make a move. Of course, Antonio Brown didn't work out. Uh, Tyrell Williams was hurt and was a much more of a two than a one. But if you look at the other side, they have the likely rookie of the year running back, Darren Waller, who came out of nowhere and caught uh, 90 passes. And Renfro ended up as a nice slot. So I think the the narrative that the Raiders had a terrible uh, supporting cast is not necessarily true. Yes, they were lacking that number one receiver. But, I mean... Derek Carr, there was quarterbacks with worse situations than Derek Carr last year. Oh, yeah, no question. And I thought that, uh, you know, John Gruden and Mike Mayock did, uh, I mean, again, the unfortunate thing is Antonio Brown's situation did not work out. But when you think about it, I thought that they had the biggest upgrade of wide receiver, at least going into <clears throat> training camp of any team. Because, I mean, look at the look at the efforts and look at the guys that they were able to add. Unfortunately, J.J. Nelson didn't work out. And you could see that the, the Antonio Brown thing went against them. And you're right, Tyrell Williams. Was, but, of course, he signed for $11 million, so he was signed more as a two. Certainly. As opposed to a one, so when Antonio, you know, was able to make it, not there, it's like boom. It's not, uh, you know, it was one that I mean, he kind of played to his number, but of course, he wasn't ready to graduate into the number one slot. Yeah, and, and that's not necessarily a knock on him. And I think this year, if he's there and he's healthy, he'll be he'll put up good number two numbers. You know, the Raiders are going to likely draft a, a receiver in the first round. There's about seven, six or seven with first uh, round grades, but there's no, it's not no. It's no sure thing that that rookie's going to come in and be a number one. So this year, you know, I mean, Derek Carr is going to have to make some plays. Agreed. Well, that's the one thing that was kind of funny about this past year, because this this year, 2019, wasn't considered to be a good draft year for wide receivers. They only one wide receiver went in the first round, but then as it turned out, you know, the guys in the second and third round, they turned out to be great. I mean, you know, look at A.J. Brown and look at uh, D.K. DK Metcalf and you know, those guys really did well and so uh, you know sometimes it looks like it's a bad year and it turns out to be a, a good year and last year it turned out to be a good year for wide receivers and you know good teams were able to get them in lower positions and so that usually doesn't happen but I mean this draft kind of reminds me I guess of the 214 draft which was really one of the better ones for wide receivers and you're right six or seven could go in the first round and I think you automatically think one's going to go to the Raiders yes yeah, certainly sir Certainly. Um, want to talk to you about one other player and then talk a little bit about your recent Hall of Fame experience and we'll let you go. Um, Max Crosby, um, did you get a chance to look at this kid much? I mean, he was a fourth round pick and he just he looked like a like a legit first round talent and a guy that's going to stick around and not be a fluke. No, agreed. I mean, again, another guy that kind of slipped through the cracks and, uh, you know, they hit on. And that's the one thing I think that, uh, you know, give Mike Mayock 
a lot of credit because I think that uh, they, he really did a good job drafting him. When you get a guy like Crosby, you know, a little lower than you thought, and he can have big upsides and you know, big potential on that, that, that's good. Because certainly, you know, the defensive line is one of the big areas of need on this team, and to be able to land a good one like that, I think you know, helps things out. But now they have to keep adding to it. You know, get better at defensive tackle, get better at linebacker. I mean, linebacker right now is probably one of their bigger priorities on defense, and then still try to get better on on the uh, in the secondary. Yeah, I, I think this is still very much a work in progress. I mean, it's I, I don't I don't know if they're one or two guys away. I think they're eight or nine guys away. Yeah, I would agree. But, of course, I mean, that's the one thing. I mean, in the AFC, which is weaker, I think, than the NFC, I mean, you have a chance to at least compete a little bit faster sure. and maybe be a little bit better than maybe your talent base. I mean, you know, take a look at the, the way the season went for the Raiders. I mean, say what you want. You know, they didn't make the playoffs, but they still were qualified to make the playoffs entering the final week right. of the season and where most of the teams weren't, weren't like that. I mean, you know, because, you know, and, and really it's been kind of up and down in the AFC for the last couple of years that the – the conference uh, you know, may not, not be one that has had six legitimate playoff teams. And so that opens the door for if there's just good improvement in the roster that the now at 7-9 and nine can turn into 9-7 and seven if not better. Right. I think the Raiders' biggest problem now in the next decade is two words. It's Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he's yes. this is an issue for AFC West teams. Well, I think there's – you can maybe say three problems, depending on what you feel about Lamar Jackson and whether he can repeat the season that he had this past year. But, I mean, now the AFC has turned itself over into Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, and also now Lamar Jackson. And so those three, you know, if everything continues the way that they've been playing, those three teams are going to be you know, division winners or division challengers every year and Super Bowl contenders. And that goes back to the first thing we were talking about. John Gruden's going to realize that, and he's going to want one of those guys. And, you know, the the rate. The, tell a story about, you know, 15 years ago when I covered the Broncos, Jake Plummer took the Broncos to the AFC Championship game. Well, they didn't make it to the Super Bowl, of course. They lost to the Steelers. Mike uh, Shanahan was coaching the AFC and was with Peyton Manning. And that was the experience that said, I need a Peyton Manning. And that's when he went and drafted Jay Cutler. So I can see this being a similar situation for Gruden, wanting to get his guy now. Oh, and that's the thing. I mean, knowing John, uh, he'd rather have the veteran experience guy as opposed to the uh, the rookie because, I mean, you know, he's one that likes experience. And so, I mean, certainly he can groom one and try to groom one, but I would have to think that uh, if he's going to do anything and if he feels there's an upgrade there over Derek Carr, then I think he's strongly going to consider it, even if it's just a two-year situation like a Tom Brady. Right, right, definitely. Well, John, before we let you go, and we really appreciate your time here, uh, tell us a little bit about your experience. You I, you had an incredible experience, I'm sure, as part of the you know voting committee on the Pro Football Hall of Fame, but you're on the Blue Ribbon Committee recently, and you're on the same committee as Hall of Famers and Bill Belichick. I would imagine that was a career highlight. It was fantastic. I mean, you know, to be in a room that had, you know, Hall of Fame people like uh, Ron Wolf and Bill Polian, you know, Bill Belichick, and Bill was just absolutely fantastic because, I mean, his grasp of history, his knowledge, and his ability to evaluate people in the 1920s and 30s, that was great. And it was a room that we had, you know, 12 people that, uh, you know, either from the league, from general managers to uh, oh, and Gil Brandt sat next to Gil Brandt the entire time. He was absolutely fantastic. And then, of course, you know, to be able to take 
taking players like we did and uh, vote them in, you know, different individuals was just a, a, a just a lovely experience. I mean, because again, I mean, there was so much discussions. I mean, we had so many discussions of guys I didn't even know. Uh, because, you know, obviously I didn't start covering the 20s, 30s, and 40s. I wasn't even alive back then. But having the fortune of being a voter for 30 years and to have this experience, I really cherished. That's that's terrific. Um, you know, got to ask, a lot of Raider fans are uh, upset that they thought this was going to be the year that Tom Flores and, and Cliff Branch were going to go in, and, and they didn't. And Can you explain the – and I know, you know, as much as you can, can you explain the process – I mean, there is no, you know, a lot of fans saying, oh, it's biased. No, I mean, it, it's a very tough job, right? I mean, that those guys are seriously considered. Well, we, we have to break it into two different categories because now, first, we talk uh, Cliff Branch, and I think what people are thinking, okay, you know, Harold Carmichael beat out Cliff Branch. Well, what happened in reality was that uh, there was a big effort, and rightfully so, to try to honor the, uh, some of the players from the 1920s, 30s, 40s, and 50s. And so, because, uh, you know, they have been waiting for such a long time because, you know, in the, in the Hall of Fame as a voter, you're always playing catch-up. And because what I mean by catch-up right. is, you know, they started in 1963 and they had 17 uh, players that were taking, or 17 people that were inducted into the Hall of Fame. But then you have the senior list, a build-up of guys that have been waiting for a long period of time. Because, I mean, you think about it, I mean, you know, the league was very active because it's now 100 years old, and you have all these players. And, you know, the Hall of Fame really was pushing to get, you know, some of the guys from the 1920s, 30s, 40s, and 50s. And so that's where Cliff lost out to. And so, yeah, because we're only able to get in, I think, you know, four players. You know, we were only able to vote on eight players from the 70s and 80s, and four of those, I believe, made them in. And so, unfortunately for Cliff, you know, he was beaten out in that category. Now, there's a good and bad on the coaching front with Tom Flores, and this is something that Will McDonough taught me to push for because I was one of the most active after he passed away in trying to keep alive the idea of having and contributors, which of course Ron Wolf was able to make it as one of the first contributors to make it in the Hall of Fame, and then also have coaching category. But of course, coaches were always going up against players. All right, so here we had two chances to get coaches in. But I know from being on the contributor committee, you know, we're playing big time catch up. And so, so uh, Bill Cower and Jimmy Johnson were able to get the votes and get in. And Tom Flores, you know, now is waiting to see if he if there's going to be in February a vote by the Hall to have a coaches category every year, and I think that's going to happen. So I think it's just a matter of time before Tom can make it, and I think he will make it. And so uh, it's unfortunate he did not make it this year, but you know, this is not like we go in with this list of, okay, one, two, three, four, five. I mean, you go in there and you try to say, okay, where, where do, who seems to have the votes, and then you vote that way. Now, again, I voted for Tom. I presented Tom. And so, uh, you know, it was, it's one where he'll make it, particularly if we get this coach's category. If not, unfortunately, then it's hard for any coach to make it, or very few coaches are going to beat out players. But I think the key is, you know, if you see in February that the Hall of Fame now is going to have a coach's category, so you have a coach, a senior, and a contributor, then you know it's inevitable that Tom's going to make it in. Yeah, and, and I think that's um, I think that's very soothing to, to fans. And I didn't know you were the I didn't know you presented Tom. That's uh, that's pretty cool. Um, I mean, you, obviously you know him from your, your Seattle days, and uh, just yeah. a nice man and, and, and a big part of. Frank Cooney was not able to make it and do the presentation, and so I took over for Frank on that one. I also presented Bill Cower, and I also presented Don Coriel. The Hall wanted me to do those two, and then I helped uh, Frank out. Unfortunately, Tom didn't make it. Yeah. Well, you, but again, there's, you know, hey, nobody, 
as many people as are happy with Hall of Fame, there's more that's unhappy, and that, and that's kind of what the reason why the Hall of Fame is so special. It is an exclusive, exclusive club. Oh, you're right, and and it's believe me. I mean, you know, it's, we're not saying guys like Tom Flores and Cliff Branch aren't Hall of Famers. What it comes down to is every year, you know, we can get uh, two seniors now and then maybe one senior in the future in. And of course, uh, you know, one of the, one of the things that has always been tough has been the receivers in the 1970s. Because again, look how long it took for Lynn Swan to get in and uh, Charlie Joyner and the guys like that. I mean, it just has taken forever to be able to get them in. And of course, now. It's a matter that every year we can only take five in on the modern-day players, and we have to say no to ten, but we're not saying they're not Hall of Famers. You're just saying, okay, we couldn't get you in this year. We're going to try to push to get you in in future years. Yeah, and then people think that the NFL, you know, it's it's a flawed system. Well, look at baseball. Just two got in this year, and, I mean, mm-hmm. so its backlog is even bigger. So it's just it's just part of the deal, and it's a, you know, you guys have a, it's a great honor, but it's it's a tough job. It is. But yeah. it's fun. Yeah, I imagine. Well, hey, John, thank you so much for being on the show. I think our, our, our listeners really enjoyed it, and I appreciate you, John, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay, thanks, Bill. Hey, thank you, John. Well, how about that, everybody? How cool was that? How cool was that? You got a national perspective from a a, a, a journalism legend, friend of mine for 20 years, um, gave you some real good thoughts on on the car situation, and also, you know, I think may hopefully soothed your feelings a bit on the uh, on on the Flores and, and and Branch thing. Maybe not, but at least gave you an explanation, and we got the guy who presented Tom Flores. So pretty cool. Um, we're gonna do we're gonna do guest shows now and again. Um, not often, but if if you like them, let me know. And I'm going to let you go on that, and we're going to have plenty to talk about next week in our shows. And uh, take care, everybody. I hope you had fun. This is Bill Williamson. And this is Believe in Raiders. This is the Believe Podcast Network. See you later. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.